0: Hello and welcome to the My VA Dayton podcast coming to you from Dayton, Ohio. This is the show where we talk with veterans in the Western Ohio region to share their stories and share what's happening at the Dayton VA Medical Center. I'm Scott Lease, your host with co-host Greg Tucker. We have with us today a U.S. Army veteran, Timothy N. Pennartz. Uh, He served over 21 years of service in the infantry in the United States Army and retired in 2016. Timothy began his military career in 1995 as an infantryman in the 82nd Airborne at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. He served in numerous roles spanning from rifleman, machine gunner, to a senior enlisted advisor worldwide for the island of Haiti, the sands of Middle East, to the peninsula of South South Korea, Timothy had multiple deployments to Haiti, Afghanistan, and Iraq during the Global War on Terrorism during his time on active service. After leaving the armed services, he was called again to service, this time in federal service as a DOD Army civilian foreign military sales analyst. Timothy is totally committed to serving the veteran community and currently serves as a veteran service officer with the Greene County Veteran Service Office. Welcome to the show, Tim.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: We're so excited to have you here, Tim. Before we get to know more about you, we're going to put you to the test. (laughs) That's Um, right. It's time to play Don't Tell Me I Think I Know That. This is the game where we put our guests to the test of their knowledge of military trivia. It's also a game where our listeners can play along to see if their minds are mired in mounds of military minutiae as ours are. Are you ready to take this challenge? I'm
1: ready. Bring it on.
0: All right. You are ready. So here's your first question. Uh, When would you most likely use the acronym SPORTS? S P O R T S. when firing a weapon, B, the rooster's bar and grill, C, during physical training, or D, when setting up
1: a sight. Slap, pull, observe, release, tap, squeeze. That's for malfunction, remedial action. All right, so but I'm guessing that would be
0: A, when firing a weapon. Yes, Absolutely, yes. Uh, This is an army doctrine for correcting a malfunction, but in combat situation where every second counts, this process is cumbersome and inefficient. Here's Here's how to perform combat sports.
1: Go ahead, say it again. Slap, pull, observe, release, tap, squeeze.
0: There you go. So basically that is the best way to handle your weapon in a combat situation. Fantastic. So here's your second question. When does a soldier immediately attend AIT? Would it be A, after a soldier is promoted to sergeant, B, after a soldier graduates from basic combat training, or C, being sworn in, or D, after a soldier receives disciplinary
1: action? it's going to be immediately after their basic training. That's
0: you? right. Uh, similar to a trade school, advanced individual training schools teach soldiers to teach soldiers the technical skills needed for their specific army job. Most soldiers attend it immediately after basic training. So now here's your third and final question. You're doing great. Let's see if you can go for the gold here. If you are heading to DFAC, DFAC, uh, what will you most likely be doing there? Would it be A, doing push-ups, B, running, C, eating, or D, pass the keg, it's
1: liberty time? You want the honest question? The <laughs> honest question is probably all four of those, uh, but it's normally a dining facility. So. That's right. Yeah. So you're going to be
0: eating, Yes. Yeah. Army term for the mess hall is dining facility. It's abbreviated DFAC, usually on the sign in front of the building. So, Greg, what is Tim one for playing our game today?
2: For answering all those questions correctly, we have a set of four Dayton VA industrial strength chip clips designed by NASA's aerospace engineers to keep your chips crisp on your next stellar space journey or... Wherever you may be traveling in the near future, all compliments of the Dayton V. So, yes,
0: use those uh, chip clips in good health and safely. Uh, they are industrial strength. We don't want you to uh, pinch your fingers <laughs> in those. So, be careful with Not that. Not making any
1: promises. i yeah, yeah. an infantry yeah. man infantryman. Not use to be operated by any.
0: anyone under 10 years of age. So, <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break now. When we come back, we'll hear more from Tim about his military service and his civilian career.
2: I was in the military. I didn't know that when I left, I was eligible for health care through the VA. I thought you had to be disabled or have been wounded. Another vet told me I should check it out. Now, I have the care I need at the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. Call 937-268-6511, extension 2159 to enroll, or visit dayton.va.gov.
3: This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. If you're having a tough time or thinking about suicide, you're not alone. And there's hope. VA's Veterans Crisis Line has responders who listen and help. Many are veterans or have veteran family members and friends, so they're prepared to address your challenges. Don't wait. Dial 988, then press 1.
0: And we're back with U.S. Army veteran Timothy Pennartz. Uh, Tim. Uh, let's start off with this question first. So are you a native Ohioan?
1: Uh, so yeah. So I call Ohio home. Uh, my dad was in the military, so I was a military brat, moved around a lot. Um, but he settled here and graduated from Fairborn. Uh, and joined the service from here and back home here. So, so
0: yeah. While well, you call this home, uh, and you were born here, but you said you're a military brat. Do you remember any other places that you lived? What, what's What's your uh, first memory as a military brat? First one
1: coming to mind with you asking me that question is, is, is moving from uh, Korea. We lived there till I was seven and my mother's Korean. Uh, so I was born in Longstuhl actually, when my dad was stationed at Ramstein Air Force Base um, and then moved to Korea right after that. So I never stepped foot on American soil till I was about seven. Wow. Um, and with my dad working quite a bit, uh, the primary language in the house was Korean. So I didn't speak very much English. Other than to my dad, because my it was uh, <laughs> um, so, it, it was it was a little difficult coming to the states. And the first place he got stationed was Keesler Air Force Base, Mississippi. Oh yeah, and uh, they were talking about holding me back a grade because I didn't speak enough English. Really, yeah, even though I went through DoD schools there, it was it was very basic. And you know, we've been in mm-hmm. the seventies; it was very relaxed. I, I think you know most of the. Um, teachers there would have been you know korean or or spouses that were stationed there Uh, so yeah i came with a very limited uh vocabulary in the english language so my mom made a rule immediately then that there was no more korean to be spoken in the house and she went to korean or she went to english school in the evenings Mm -hmm. and then i would have to because she the worst thing that was would have happened for her uh, was that I'd be held back a grade and, and the Korean culture is kind of shameful. It's like, I'm mm-hmm. my baby, you know, not going to be held back. So we, uh, right. So did, did
0: she know English well enough then? Or, I mean, since you n- were speaking, no,
1: not at all. Yeah. Just yeah. basic stuff in the house. So like, she was learning English. She the same was, time, same you time were. I was. Yeah. 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 And it, it kind of made a rule. My brothers were younger. They were two and three. So they didn't have that, that much of a challenge. They, they understand. And then, the rest of the time in my household, it was always, you know, broken Korean English, you know, yeah. depending on what mood my mom was in and which one was easier to express her when emotions. She was, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing
0: when she yeah. was frustrated with yeah. her children, it wasn't in English. I don't know what you're talking about. We're
1: pretty good
2: boys. Angels never frustrated her.
0: So you um, spent a lot of time overseas. Mm-hmm. You came to the United States. You grew up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were down in Keesler. And where did you go from there?
1: Uh, when we left Keesler, my dad got stationed, uh, I want to say it was Germany again, um, spent a, a good part of grade school years there, um, and then came back where Minot for a year. I think that was only a year or two, Minot Air Force Base, and then came came here to Ohio. Uh, so most of my uh, junior high to high school, I was, I was stationed here in, in so did you go
0: into the military right after high school?
1: I didn't. Um, didn't think that was going to be something that uh, I wanted to do immediately. Um, there was definitely some feelings of maybe wanting to because I was comfortable with that lifestyle, moving around, making mm-hmm. friends everywhere. Um, I wasn't afraid of it, um, but I wanted to try and give give college a try. and I, I gave it a try. <laughs> Went to Wright State for a minute. <laughs> uh, it, it feels like it was actually just a minute of my life, but then realized, you know, I probably needed to get out of town to make some differences and make some changes and, you know, take that next leap to become, you know, whoever I was trying to figure out who I was going to be for the rest of my life. Right. And uh, me and a couple of buddies talked about uh, joining the service um, and we kind of made this like little high schoolish kind of Uh We're all like, you know, uh, extremists love doing high intensity stuff. I don't know if you guys know that uh, old corn building down in uh, Fairborn. Uh, I don't even know the name of it now. Uh, but there's this big building near downtown, uh, and at night, nobody was in there. We snuck in there one time, climbed to the top. And was oh, this the uh, the elevator. No, not corn the elevators. elevator. No, yeah, it was- it, we took the, the ladder that had a cage around it <laughs> all the way to the top, and there's this one I-beam that comes off the front of it. And we walked out on it, did some pull-ups off of it, came back. This is how cool we thought we were. <laughs> uh, but we made a pact then to go into service. One of us was going to go in the Navy, be a Navy SEAL. The other one was going to go into Marines and be a Marine Force recon guy. Mm-hmm. I was going to be the guy going to the Army and be, you know, Green Bray and all I could be at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was one other buddy, and he, he went to the Army as well. We actually went through basic training together. You left
0: out the Air Force.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they
0: were seekers. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. no nobody was uh ready to go to the to the chair <laughs> force. <No>, no, no. <laughs> yeah it was too what intense it, for us. Yeah, okay. There you yeah, go. We weren't ready to make that kind <laughs> of leave. Gotcha. Okay. So you you um decided to go into the military. Uh was yeah. was your dad in the army as well? He was in the were? air force. So he was in
1: the air force mm-hmm. and you went army. What, what was what was the reaction to that? <laughs> He didn't mind at the time. He just thought, you know, he just said, if you want a better life, go to the Air Force. I remember calling back a few times, you know, maybe crying or whining about my circumstances or what I was having to go through. Sucking up butter. Yeah. And he just, (laughs) he he said, boy, I told you to join the Air Force. Uh, That was his exact words. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Well,
2: we all have to learn our life lessons one way or the other. So
1: Sticks better.
2: So you went on the buddy plan.
1: So we weren't on the buddy plan. It actually just worked out great uh, that way. Uh, we're both uh, uh, going in the infantry. We both had 82nd Airborne guaranteed in our contracts. Uh, we went to Meps on different days up in Columbus, um, but I went up there with the one track mind that I was I was going in the infantry. Didn't know about the 82nd Airborne contract. They just told me it was available. I'm like you're going to tell me that I, I can jump out of airplanes. <laughs> mm-hmm. for- you know, mm-hmm. immediately, <laughs> we're guaranteed. And he's like, yeah, and they'll pay you some extra money for it, too, $90 yeah. a month. So, so I said, sign me up. And uh, I remember the guy sitting there. He's like, well, your, your GT and ASVAB scores say that you qualify for these other positions that we had open. And one of them was like some medical field. And I think one was like, I remember radiologist or whatever, radi- radiology tech. And my even my recruiter, I'm I'm the opposite of some of the stories you probably hear where your recruiter kinda lied to you, got you in, he's just like, Well, you might want to think about that, man. It might get you a job skill out of it. Yeah. Like, uh, he's telling me eighty second airborne is guaranteed. That's what I wanna do. I'm jumping out yeah. of airplanes.
0: Well, anyone who's gonna be doing lifts <laughs> off of a beam of an elevator. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, that's uh that's not a that's yeah. not a leap. So yeah, yeah Looking back at it that. now,
1: definitely uh yeah, probably wouldn't be doing that today. <laughs> yes, sure. well, we, yeah, We we all live and learn. <laughs> yeah. Luckily we live through that. Yeah.
0: So what what was your most memorable experience while in the military?
1: Oh wow, well, there's 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 so many. If I'm thinking of um one of the good ones, um, you know, as as you aspire in the world of uh the infantry and the army, you know, there's different You know levels you go to be an airborne infantryman you could be a a ranger qualified infantryman you can go be a green beret um so i think the i guess kind of one of my proud moments was was having my wife you know we didn't have kids for a while we just um we got married 10 years later we had children but during that time frame I really got to concentrate on what i wanted to do in my career got to go a lot of cool schools um, you know, airborne pathfinder, jump master, but ranger school I went to, um, was, was probably one of the more challenging things that I went through and having her come at graduation, seeing me about 65 pounds less, um, than what I was when I went in, um, that, that was probably one of the proudest moments I think I had in my career and, and, and pretty exciting. Yeah. What right. about
2: your deployments?
1: Yeah. So that's a different type of experience. Uh, the deployments, um, like, uh, I think we we're talking earlier, uh, the guys that I deployed with are, are probably closer to me than my own, uh, blood brothers. You know, uh, you go through a lot of shared horrific experiences, uh, a lot of shared experiences of, of camaraderie, um, and pulling through in very austere locations and, and, and different, uh, situations. So, there, there's there's a very tight bond built between um, those men. You're, you're part of a brotherhood or a tribe that's um, been through a similar experience. So, yeah, those experiences were great. Some of them, you know, uh, thinking about them can, can can bring up some anxiety for not just me, but for other individuals. So um, I wouldn't take it back for anything. I, I was pretty lucky during my, my career, my deployments, um, so, yeah. The,
0: so, like you were saying, the 82nd is a really tight group. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they have a lot of reunions. They get they together do. a lot. Do. do you participate in any of that? I
1: haven't I haven't been to one since I've been retired. I, I'm, I'm a part of the 82nd Airborne Association and the chapter here in Dayton. Um, and we send somebody every year. In the last mm-hmm. two years, they've sent somebody else. Um, but I hope to get there yeah, and, and see it from a retiree's eyes but right. being stationed there I saw it every year it was division review every every year came about uh, and they had a big celebration I was the guy in the ceremony doing the things sweating in the the North Carolina heat and humidity mm-hmm. uh, but to be back there just to wander around and enjoy it that would be pretty right.
3: something pretty cool to
1: do and I'm right. sure they'll have a lot of new things to to Show off during those static displays that I probably didn't get to play with when I was in right. the infantry. But do
0: you get do you stay in contact with any of your uh comrades? From- I do, <laughs> I
1: do, but um, unfortunately, it's for I mean, we stay in pretty good contact through social media Facebook Messenger, Discord, and some other groups. Everybody's gone their different ways. Some some of them are software engineers now, some of them are you know, uh, um. You know, working as uh, licensed social workers, myself working as a veteran service officer. So we've got one working as a financial consultant. So we started this group together that um, communicates with one another through Discord. And then we set little subgroups in there for finances, training, working out, mm-hmm. um, anything. One's a personal assistant. So he will post a plan in there for anybody. And it's just to keep us all engaged. But this all came about because we're we're just losing too many of the guys that we had deployed with. Uh, to demons within when then they came back and and we'd lose some of them to suicide but that would bring everybody together and then um, you know all it took was one person saying hey we should do more for each other right and uh, and
0: as we mentioned in previous episodes that's that's uh one of the common threads that we hear uh quite often is, uh, mm-hmm. is about uh the demons within, as you say. Right. Um and that uh there's a lot of veterans who have to deal with that and they're not always aware of all the mm-hmm. uh services available to them. Absolutely. Uh, specifically the new nine eighty eight number, uh mm-hmm. that, that anyone can call in the hotline for uh for mental mm-hmm. health issues or suicide prevention. Um Want to make sure that our veterans are aware of that, but also mm. that the Dayton VA offers quite a few uh, mental health services programs out there as well uh, for anyone who uh, is is struggling uh, with uh, with everything they experienced in military service.
1: Right. Yeah, I've used I've used both of those uh, myself. I've used the nine eight eight. I've called not for myself, but for another veteran that I was speaking to. Who's mm-hmm. having some ideations,
0: um, right? And, and that's that's yeah. that's actually a great point because yeah. a lot of people think, well, mm-hmm. the the person struggling needs to right. call. It's not always the person yeah. that that has the issue that needs to call. It can yeah. be someone else uh, that is aware of Absolutely. the situation that they can call in and say, yeah. hey this person needs help. How do we, how do we get them right. help?
1: It's an uncomfortable situation. Some veterans may not know what to say in a right. situation like that where somebody's being completely open with them. But when you call that 988 number and dial 1, you get somebody veteran-specific mm-hmm. um, who's aware, typically a veteran themselves, they're a licensed social worker or a peer recovery support specialist who can talk to them. And if they need that immediate help, they can get um, immediate emergency services out to them Um, And then, again, connected to the VA services uh, for follow-on care. Uh, So, yeah. And they got the Dayton Vet Center, which is amazing for post-9-11 combat veterans and stuff as well. Um, They have a lot of – I found them by accident. I was – moved up here and was calling the – I thought I was calling the Dayton VA Medical Center saying, I just moved up from North Carolina. How do I get my stuff transferred here to have a primary care and I called the Dayton Vet Center, not knowing what a vet center was. I just assumed mm-hmm. that that's what they had here. Right. Uh, and the lady just started talking to me. He was like, hey, did you um, deploy, you know, during this time frame? This is how you get connected. The director actually called me, Jay Wainscott, who's now the suicide prevention director right. for the VA. Yeah. And we started having conversations um, mm-hmm. and, and talking about programs that were there for veterans Um, So I've had nothing but an amazing experience since I've been back here with the VA. Um, He helped me get connected with the Montgomery County Veteran Services, uh, who have a veteran treatment court program. Uh, And I got involved in that, trying to advocate and help veterans going through Mm -hmm. some hard times. Um, but basically, that experience—I'll wrap it up. I know I'm going on. Oh no, no that's fine. No, 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 yeah, yeah, so I, I essentially got into this. Um, I was working as a GS on Wright Patterson Air Force Base. That's what got me transferred up here from North Carolina. Uh, and again, through through those uh, experiences where we started losing some soldiers, I realized one of the things I missed the most was just being there for soldiers. When I was in service, everybody used to bring me their problems. When I was a platoon sergeant, first sergeant used to get frustrated with it, but uh, somebody told me a long time ago, if they're bringing you their problems, it means because they have faith in you to, to help solve those problems. Absolutely. Um, so I thought, you know, I'm missing that. I don't do any of that. I talked to veterans here and there. Um, started volunteering at the Veteran Treatment Court in Montgomery County uh, and then got connected with some of the VSOs there just in conversation because they were there at the court. Um, Keith Carr, one of the guys that used to be a VSO there and now working out at it, uh Preble County as the director um, gave me some good advice and he says, Yeah, I think this might be a good fit for you being a veteran service officer. Get mm-hmm. can talk to veterans every day. Every situation is different. Mm-hmm. Somebody like comes in for an ID card. Next thing you know, we're filling out paperwork to get them connected for four different, you know, service connected disabilities just because they're Vietnam War vet, Gulf War vet. Just before I came here today to talk to you gentlemen, uh, there was a guy I was just sitting there talking to. He's like, yeah, I'm deployed during the Gulf War I was like, okay, went over the list of presumptives from the from the Pack Act. He's like, yep, got that, got that, got that, got that. Mm-hmm. I was like, you have a current diagnosis? Yeah. All right. Well, let's get you connected. Uh, so we filed the intent to file and then ran over here.
2: So Tim, what are some of the challenges that you faced as a BS?
1: Um, Oh man, that's tough. I, I'll be honest; like it's it's been pretty. I don't want to say easy street, but I feel like it's like a glove you put on. that's the right size. Everything just felt like the perfect fit. Um, You know, main challenges is just, you know, navigating the VA system on the benefit side, knowing and learning all those things. Um, There have been plenty of moments on my journey to becoming a VSO where I wished I would have thought or I wished I would have known what I knew now back Mm -hmm. then and probably could have helped more people or even done the different things for myself. Um, I had a pretty fortunate experience getting out. I had a really good VSO, um, uh, and, and I was injured in 2006. Um, we had hit multiple IEDs during that, uh, during that deployment, um, and, and I was pretty close to a lot of them and in one of them pretty serious. Um, had a lot of injuries myself, so they were all cataloged and immediately got out and was service-connected for a lot of the things. So now I use the Dayton VA and the Pat Medical Center because uh, I'm a retiree, I can see the one VA doctor that's out there uh, to help service retirees and and anybody eligible for VA medical care. Um, so yeah, I've had a great experience down at the Dayton VA Medical Center. they I feel like, and I don't use this, you know, uh, liberally. I feel like every time I go there, the red carpet's being rolled out for me. Uh, if I need to get an injection because I'm I'm in a lot of pain, I'm in there within two or three days i just went for one the other day they had me at community care before and i was trying to go through some of the civilian um you know uh caregivers i was looking at maybe getting in there in two months so i'm looking at two months of pain before i can finally get in there and receive some treatment even though it's through the community care program Um, i I got serviced a lot quicker and, and a lot with a lot more care in my opinion through the dayton va medical center uh, so I have nothing but good things to say about it now.
2: What about some of the veterans
1: mm-hmm. that you are working mm-hmm.
2: That when you are trying to help them, as far as sometimes they may not come back, yeah, is, no. is that kind of frustrating at times?
1: Yeah, sometimes, uh, just unfortunately. I wish I had more time to be able to chase those veterans, mm-hmm. honestly. But uh, we have such a um, a, the the op tempo for us in the office is we 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 got quite a few veterans in need and scheduling appointments and coming in. I don't always have time uh, to chase them down at a certain point. But I'd say that's that's the exception. That's not the rule. The rule is that most people who, who see that we have a, a, a office of county veteran service officers who genuinely care for them uh, want to come back and talk to us. You know, I'm not saying we're the greatest personalities in the world, but uh, I'd like to think that you know they, they can see in a conversation that we genuinely care for their well-being and we're going to do everything we can to advocate for them. Some of the frustration I see with veterans, um, to go back on your earlier question and, and frustration, now now it's, it's, it's spawning the juices in my brain, um, is that I think veterans maybe sometimes give up a little bit too easy um, because they get frustrated with, with, with anything. Um, they get frustrated with trying to navigate the VA system, whether it be the veteran health care or the veteran benefit side. Um, and they immediately make assumptions. But as soon as yeah, I sit down, absolutely.
3: And, as soon as I sit
1: down and talk yeah. to them for 10, 15 minutes, I couldn't tell you how much I, I advocate for the VA uh, and the health care that they provide. Uh, But when they feel frustrated because they hear something from somebody or they feel frustrated because they went once and they didn't get what they wanted immediately, they just didn't understand the system. You get signed primary care manager, primary care manager will then see you or if you have other needs, they have. Other members of that team who can see you for other things, get a referral. You get that referral internally. You'll talk to that department if you need a specialist. Um, there's community care if you can't get in with 30 days or, or live too far away. A lot of them don't take the time. And, and I get it. It's I, I only know because it's based off experience. But I try to share that experience with them. So it eases them a little bit. You but know, often a, a veteran's going to hear
0: the yeah. bad experience from right, another right. veteran. They're exactly. going to hear uh, either... Misinformation yeah. or uh, the the one bad experience they right. had, which all of a sudden sets the tone for it, yeah. for this is this is what it is. Exactly. It's not really the case.
2: That, it's not yeah. that
1: uh, I haven't met one VA employee that I've went to that that's there and said, I'm here to make life more difficult for every veteran that comes yeah. in here. You know, that's it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, so every time I've gone there, you know, we're human beings. Some might have a good day or bad day coming into work and. And, and you know, but I mean, every time I've been there honestly it's 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 been a great experience. I've found on the other side uh, I think veterans just need to be a little bit more understanding and take have a little bit more patience to uh, to navigate the system and i'm I'm hoping the good experience that I share with them helps balance out maybe that bad story they heard from somebody at a at a canteen sharing a beer. Um, or, or or, even telling them a story that, you know, you need to get connected for this, and they're comparing apples to oranges. Like, that person didn't have the same situation you did. So, yeah, maybe they are being connected. But when we take the time to explain it to them and they see our genuine concern and, and that we're there to help them, we usually win them over pretty quick, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. So how often do you hear veterans asking about the PACT Act
1: now? Oh, just about every day, every day. Yeah, they hear something on the news, whether it be Camp Lejeune water, which is included in the PAC Act, um, or you know something about you know Agent Orange or, or whatever it is. They they want to know the specifics um, of the PAC Act, and and a lot of Vietnam War veterans just want to know what changed. And just let them know, hey, it added added uh, hypertension, high blood pressure, uh, along with this, a bunch of locations are also right. included.
0: And and I and I think uh, it would. Actually, help our listeners to help educate them about what the PACT Act is. That's mm-hmm. the Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxins Act right. that the president signed mm-hmm. into law last August, uh, and it is a big difference between what what the VA benefits were before and what they are now. Because we have mm-hmm. what we call presumptive conditions. It's right. presumed if you have this condition, mm-hmm. you are now eligible for care or benefits, mm-hmm. not just right. not just health care, but other benefits through the Correct. VA. Um, and that uh, that's that's the big difference. You used to have to prove that the mm-hmm. uh, the condition that you had was actually contracted through your military service. It's now presumed right. that it, it was uh, uh, obtained through the through the military service. Yeah. And so if, uh, if our veterans go to www VA.gov slash PACT, that's www.va.gov slash PACT, you can see a full list of uh, theaters of operations and presumptive conditions that qualify veterans for. Uh, additional benefits through the PACT Act. And and the other thing I, I probably need to say is uh, for those people who are already enrolled uh, with the VA or or the VHA for Veterans Health Care, mm-hmm. um, that actually expands care because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, we're all, not all of us, but most people uh, who are enrolled are familiar with uh, um, service-connected disabilities in, in a mm-hmm. percentage. And you can actually get your percentage increased uh, mm-hmm. for that. Uh, if, uh, if you qualify under the PACT Act. So that's actually expanding care for you. You may not have to pay copays anymore, for example. Uh, so we highly encourage all veterans to check out uh, the information at www.va.gov slash PACT uh, to find out if they qualify uh, for additional benefits under the PACT Act.
1: Yeah, I agree 100% that the presumptive is all, have always uh, existed Um, This just expanded the list of presumptives for Vietnam War vets, added presumptives for the Gulf War and post-9-11 veterans. Uh, The big thing for the Agent Orange Vietnam War veteran-exposed veterans is that it added a lot of locations Mm -hmm. that you had to prove through other means previously, whereas the VA uh, has kind of already acknowledged that you were in Thailand during this time time frame. they're, They're automatically giving you. The presumption that you have this illness because of exposure to herbicides so it makes on the bso side things a lot easier oh yeah uh, for us because yeah. now through a direct connection we have to have three elements we have to have something in service treatment records we have to have a current diagnosis and then we have to have a nexus well with the presumptives it can it, it, it takes takes two essentially out of the, those three things. And all we have to do is have a current diagnosis. The service treatment record shows that the veteran was there at that certain time frame. Uh, so our job is pretty easy, just following the paperwork and getting them connected as long as they have that current diagnosis.
0: Absolutely. So you got a big event coming up here in the future, don't you?
1: Yes, we do. We actually have one coming up in, in September. It's going to be an event uh, for veterans. Um, we had an event previously on July 8th. Uh, where it was open to the public. This one is going to be by registration uh, for veterans specifically or veterans family members to be able to register. And we've got some archery instructors that are going to teach veterans how to um, shoot a bow and arrow. If they already know, great, come on out. They can come on out and just want to, you know, hang out with some veterans and and, and shoot the bow out at a range here in Greene County. Uh, we're also going to couple that with a, with a wellness hike where we're going to go on a hike, we're going to split the group up into two and and, and come up with some things to talk about along there and give people some, some tools to maybe get through some hard times. Uh, and then we're we're gonna have a little competition and maybe some prizes there to see if somebody can win. Maybe we can get you to donate some NASA potato chip potato chip <laughs> bag clips uh, <laughs> that we can raffle off. Maybe no, I'm kidding obviously. <laughs> oh, I think we can provide a few of those <laughs> yeah. too. Not a problem there. We'll we'll definitely have some prizes there. Competition. We know veterans love to compete, um, and we we always try to make it a good time. So so,
2: so if someone's looking to find out about it. Uh, is there like a website or something
1: yeah just go to your great question there's going to be a couple different ways that they can find it if they have facebook social media they can go on green county Veterans services there'll be a post there about it and a link to register Uh, they can go to green county parks and trails because we're partnered with them for the venue and they're providing the instructors and equipment to do as well so they'll have it on their facebook to include their website um, which is Green, Green County Parks and Trails, not not Parks and Rec. I kept making that mistake and wasn't finding the right one. So it's Parks and Trails, um, and then of course our website for for Green County Veterans. Um, we've got a new new website being stood up right now, so I don't have the address. Um, it, it's still being developed, but it should be out here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah.
0: And so, what's the name of the of the event?
1: So we didn't name the event yet. It's 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 uh, it's archery 101 for right now for veterans. Uh, That's what we have as a placeholder. As We get closer. We'll have a flyer and we'll push that out. And it'll it'll go out to the VA and all the other stakeholders. And what's
0: the time and place?
1: Uh, It's we don't have the exact location. September 28th, I believe, is the date. Um, So once once Parks and Trails lets us know exactly where it's going to be. Um, we'll we'll push that out with more detail for everyone.
0: Great. Well, it sounds like a fantastic event. So let's talk a little bit about your civilian career. Uh, You left the military and you went right into DOD uh, service, federal service. What what did you do exactly?
1: Uh, So actually, I started working while I was on terminal leave, not with uh, the DOD. I started doing some uh, contracting work. I was an instructor as an anti-terrorism uh, course that they were teaching in and around Rayford, North Carolina, teaching people defensive driving, super secret squirrel driving kind of spy stuff. It was kind of fun. Uh, nothing really that serious, but uh, it was pretty cool. We had an old airfield and we taught people how to drive, shoot, shoot while they're driving, all that cool stuff, how to shoot into cars, out of cars. I had a really good time. Did that for about uh, three or four months. Uh, and then a position came open. I was actually called by... Um, you mean one. you left the get smart position? Yeah. <laughs> the, the fun, secret, secret yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. spy stuff? It was so. pretty cool. Yeah. As an instructor, I mean, it was hard work. We're out in the North Carolina sun all day on the tarmac and mm-hmm. on an airfield, uh, you know, shoot, moving, and communicating like the whole time. It was a blast. Uh, but uh, my old boss came, he actually had. Uh, people coming through the course. Mm-hmm. And when they came through the course, he's, he asked me, he's like, how are you enjoying it? And I was like, yeah, it's fun. I like it a lot. I mean, it's a lot of hours, a lot of work, but they pay me well and I'm doing well. He's like, well, hey, I got a position coming open uh, as a GS in the office. Is it something you think you might be interested in? I was like, yeah, shoot, shoot me the, you know, the, the link whenever it comes open, uh, came open. They can do a by name request, mm-hmm. which I didn't know at the time. Uh, if it was if it's for a GS-11 position, I think. And if it's uh, less than 12, they can do a by-name request. Uh, but the position was actually a 12 position, targeted 11, target 12. Uh, so I falled, I fell into it, uh, worked out great. Uh, it was a lot of information because it wasn't something I was used to. Uh, it was all about foreign military sales and analyzing contracts. Um, and I was specifically for the training side, which I had a lot of experience in. Um, and even as an instructor, so I would make sure the training packages of the contracts were built, so that when a c- country X is purchasing, con- or, you know, X piece of equipment, mm-hmm. we can't just give them the used car and say good luck. You know, we 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 end up um, you know brokering the deal. It gets to them, and then we make sure everybody's trained up on how to use it. So there's a phased approach to that. Uh, so not. Anything too indifferent than what you do in soldiers and, and, and navy and uh, or sailors and, and marines and airmen, um, so it, it translated real well. It just had to make sure I understand the translation in their contract format. Right. Um, yeah. And then I well, that
0: doesn't sound as as much fun as 007. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah. but then you left that and you became a VSO. Yeah,
1: I did. Yeah.
0: And and how did that happen? I mean, that's a that's a major leap.
1: Yeah. So it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty drastic leap, to be honest. Um, I was doing real well. I was, I was kind of climbing the corporate GS ladder, whatever you want to call it, but uh, started doing real well. Uh, had a couple um, guys that I had served with who ended up uh, leaving us too soon um, and left through drastic matters. Um, it was affecting me a lot. Uh, it was right around the time from the with- withdrawal in Afghanistan. Um, And and I'm not saying the reason why they did those things was specifically because of that. That may have been a a triggering point, but it's just suspect that it happened all in such a short time. Within 60 days, uh, I think we had like four people that we ended up losing that I all deployed with at one point who I considered my brothers. Uh, And and some of them were going through other things. Uh, But I wish I would have known again what I know now and maybe been able to to help them out with some of the services. Because as I made the journey, uh, I think initially I called Montgomery County Veteran Services and said, hey, what do you guys got going on? Because I live in Montgomery County. Um, And they were like, well, we got this event. Like, uh, maybe you need to talk to this guy. He does Veteran Treatment Court. And there's veterans here um, going through the Veteran Treatment Court who don't, um, who are in hard times and need a mentor. Uh, So I volunteered as a mentor. Um, saw a couple people through the program and graduation. Matter of fact, I got a graduation I'm going to this month for one of the guys I was mentoring, but it's like a 12 to 18 month program. I met a lot of VSOs through that program. And when I met the VSOs and in talking to them, I was kicking around the idea of leaving my job anyway, because I wasn't kind of scratching that itch of wanting to give back to the veteran community. Uh, So he had recommended um, either being a lawyer, veteran lawyer, or going back to school to be a lawyer. Uh, I was talking to another one about being a social worker. Uh, and, and just by circumstance, someone texted me as I went back to school and was going back to school to be a social worker because I realized being a lawyer was going to be way more work. Uh, so I thought social worker was probably a better fit for me. Uh, I ended up uh, finding out about the job at Green County. And when I spoke to one of the veteran service officers that worked there at Montgomery County at the time, he thought it was a good fit and thought I would enjoy it and told me all about it. There's going to be some highs and lows. But, you know, ultimately, you're going to see veterans every day. You're going to listen to, you know, five different stories if you see five veterans that day Mm -hmm. and you're going to try and pick through their story and find what it is, the root is of what benefits might actually fit for their situation and talk about some other things and get to know a lot of veterans. Uh, so I gave it a shot. Luckily, you know, I was I was uh, um, offered the position by our director and, and our board um, and haven't regretted it one day since since then. I've uh, you know met good people in the office. We have amazing, amazing staff at Green County Veterans Services. Um, in the last year that I've been doing it, I've learned more from them than you know I've learned in the past like five, ten years about anything. And they're always happy to help me and and other veterans included. Uh, so to work in an environment where everybody's you know kind of one voice, advocating for veterans all the time, and being able to come up with a program like the Warrior Resiliency Team and work with other veterans doing that and having a passion for it. I think I've really found the, the right size glove for me. So I, I think it's, it's a fit.
0: You know, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll hear more uh, about uh, how things are going uh, with you in the Dayton Bay Medical Center.
3: This is a message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. If you were exposed to toxic substances while serving in the military, A new law called the PACT Act may make you eligible for additional benefits and care. The PACT Act benefits veterans of the Vietnam era, Gulf War era, and post-9-11 era who were exposed to toxic fumes, burn pits, Agent Orange, radiation, and other environmental hazards. Survivors of toxic exposed veterans and veterans who served in specific countries in Africa, the Middle East, and Southwest Asia are also potentially eligible. Learn more about the PACT Act by going to va.gov pact or by calling 1-800-MY-VA-411. We at VA are here for you, and we're ready to get you the care and benefits you've earned and deserve. I'm Mike Richman.
0: And we're back with Army veteran, Timothy Pennartz. Uh So Tim, tell us uh, what's your personal experience been with the Dayton VA? Uh,
1: great question. I, I've had an amazing experience with the Dayton VA Medical Center uh, through through all the teams, the specialty care uh, that I've been through, through them. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been bar none. I think uh, no other facility I can think of in the local area, uh, that does better service for veterans because they understand veterans more. They understand the ailments that veterans would have. Certain conditions. I, I know certain medical conditions or certain medical conditions across the board, but certain traumas or illnesses that 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 take place um, while serving the veteran, the VA medical centers just a lot more knowledgeable in my experience and and how that affects veterans, their families, and all that stuff is taken into consideration versus um, you know, coming in and and just treating that medical condition um, without considering maybe some of the other things. And I'm not saying anybody does that intentionally, uh, but I just feel like the level of care that the Dayton VA um, Medical Center and and any other VA Medical Center I've ever been to uh, seems to go a little bit more above and beyond in my
0: opinion. So how did you find out about the VA to begin with?
1: Uh, So the VA uh, here or or down in North Carolina. Down in North Carolina, yeah. How did um, did you
0: actually, did you walk through the door and say,
1: I'm here? Honestly, because they were building a brand new facility right across from my house Mm -hmm. where I lived in Rayford, North Carolina. Uh, And everybody was looking at this thing thinking, why why in the world do you need that big a building and that many parking spots? And then we saw the sign uh, coming soon. Uh, Rayford VA uh, Medical Center or Fayetteville, I think maybe they call it. Fayetteville had one, but it was in the northern part of town. I didn't know about that one until Mm -hmm. I had seen that one and why they were making uh, that new one. But when I saw the old one, I realized real quickly why they were making a new one. Yeah. But I remember there being about five hundred and sixty handicapped parking spots there. And I was thinking, wow, man, this is this is gonna be something big.
0: You know, you, you yeah. actually bring up a great point. You yeah. talk about the older facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's amazing uh for, for many veterans to see the The big transition that's gone over the decades uh, Mm -hmm. for how the VA has modernized and the facilities are are top notch. It's the, you know, if if you actually go out and look at the studies that are done, uh, the VA is not only the largest Mm -hmm. uh, medical system in the nation, but it's rated uh taught by the veterans that serves yeah uh so um it, it's kind of funny that you you've actually seen that firsthand mm-hmm. that oh there's that old hospital over there yeah that that maybe you have to wonder if it's haunted or yeah yeah <laughs> or, it did look or haunted. or or how yeah. how they keep the rain out but yeah. now they've got these beautiful facilities yeah, now that are top-notch uh, yeah and take advantage of the of the state of the art yeah. take take advantage of all kinds of technologies because mm-hmm. that's the other thing is that it's mm-hmm. not just the hospitals but the the virtual care that you can get now you know with the yeah. with the online appointments and the apps there's an oh, app that. for yeah.
1: everything yeah the yeah. my healthy vet yes. i'm a i'm a pro at getting on the website that app yeah. re- getting my uh, prescriptions refilled right having them sent straight to my house mm-hmm. Um, for for kind of a fat lazy guy that works out perfect for me you know (laughs) I don't have to make that extra trip same here
0: (laughs) email the doc or the nurse uh, secure message exactly
1: usually I usually get an answer within 24 to 48 hours yeah Yeah, immediately so yeah it's amazing that you have kind of that provider on tap or uh, you know on call basically Um, you know you can't just dial them straight up you know they got other clients and patients and stuff to take care of but um, to, to ping them and just say, Hey, I know we talked about this. I was a little unclear about this. Um, am I doing this or do I need to go get some blood work? Then 24 hours, somebody answers me back. Yep. There's a blood work ticket. This is a ticket number. Okay. Thanks real quick and easy stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been amazing. I've even reached out to them in secure message asking specifically about things that I've gotten from my provider from community care and kind of been unsure about, or maybe have some additional questions. I've reached out to my provider in a secure message, and he's answered me back and said, you know, that's that's a good point. Thanks for the question. Here's some material. This is my, my take on it. Right. And, and now, you talk about blood work. I'm going to give a little well-kept secret here. Yeah.
0: That if you are going to the VA, mm-hmm. and you have to do some blood work, and you've been fasting, mm-hmm. they give you a meal voucher really if you didn't know that i well, have to say that. hey yes I've been fasting do I get a meal ticket yeah. and they will give you a voucher to go to the canteen to get really like, some some food that's, that's a secret that it, is a secret it, it's a well-kept <laughs> yeah. secret actually it's not so well kept and yeah. I think i've nah. just told it to the world now but that's yeah, okay yeah, yeah uh but I gotta ask, where else do you get that kind of service? I don't know of too many uh that civilian care facilities and say, Yeah, here's here's a ticket, here's five bucks, and go that, down to the cafeteria that's and get perfect timing some... because I'm due to go in there All get right. some blood work. So I'm gonna I'm gonna test this secret. Yes, out. yes. Yeah. Get some yeah. get a little bit more than orange, get some fried chicken. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see what they got. Yeah, I'm gonna go broke. Get yourself a nice healthy breakfast after you, after you dropped in there and been fasting. So yeah. Uh, well, I just want to say thank you so much for coming in today, Tim. We really appreciate the time that you've uh, spent with us. We love hearing your story and stories uh,
1: like veterans like you. So uh, thanks for sharing your time with us today. Th- thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. Appreciate you, gentlemen. Thank you.
2: We have one question for you, Tim.
1: Before All, right. We go. All right. And that
2: is tagline.
1: <laughs> Ooh, tagline. I heard one earlier. sounded pretty good. Just do it. Um, I'm, I'm going to say call me. Call me. Green County Veterans Services, call Tim Penarts. Let me get you connected. Let me help you out in whatever you got. Yeah, the phone number is
3: 937-562-6023. Our veterans put everything on the line to protect our freedom. We may never be able to repay them for their sacrifice, but we can show them just how much we appreciate all they've done. Every day, hundreds of people just like you volunteer to help our veterans. You can help by simply sharing your time, lending a warm smile, a supportive hand, or a sympathetic ear to someone who needs it. Everyone can do something to make our veterans know how much we appreciate their service. What will you do? the Dayton VA
2: changed my life there was a time I was jobless and homeless didn't know where to turn for help I felt like there was no hope for me then I learned about the Dayton VA they helped me find the help I needed to get back on track I received support, got a job found a place to live, I got my life back don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you I'm a vet and it's my VA make it your VA today
0: to enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov.
3: This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veterans service organizations, often known as VSOs, offer many services for veterans and their families. To learn more, go to va.gov.
0: We want to say thanks again to our special guests for taking time today to share their story We truly enjoy hearing stories from veterans from across the region and learning more about how they found care through the Dayton VA Medical Center. And as always, we want to thank our listeners for joining us and remind them if they are a veteran and are not enrolled, to enroll with the Veterans Health Administration to receive health care benefits through the Dayton VA Medical Center. It's easy and it doesn't cost a thing. You just need to be a veteran. The simplest way to start enrollment is to call our Enrollment and Eligibility Office at 937-268-6511, extension 4105. They can schedule an appointment for you to come to the Dayton campus or help make an appointment at one of the surrounding community-based outpatient clinics located at Springfield, Richmond, Lima, and Middletown. Again, that number is 937-268-6511, extension 4105. Veterans may also enroll by visiting www.choose.va.gov slash health. While there, you can choose from applying online or by phone or by mail. It's just that simple, really. As I said before, it doesn't cost a thing to apply. So what are you waiting for? Call us today. Or if you know of a veteran who is not enrolled, have them call to start taking advantage of this benefit. If you're a veteran, it's your VA, sign up today. Join us again for another episode of My VA Dayton with the Dayton VA Medical Center. Our episodes drop the 1st and 15th of each month. I'm Scott Lees with your co-host Greg Tucker. Thanks again for listening to My VA Dayton.